happy Nets time is all about. That's right. We're like the Nets. We tried to uh, we tried to coast, and it turns out we're not good enough to coast. We're not good enough to coast. All right, Simon, welcome people back. Folks, you better welcome back to another episode of Maybe Nets Time. I am your host, playable with my co-host, uh, Simon McCormack. Nets Nation, if you aren't ready for a KD reunion, you ain't talking about nothing, baby. <laughs> that was more or less gibberish. Yeah. I really, I've got to start thinking of those you ahead of time. You blew it, Simon. Uh, we are back, <laughs> however, as we are each and every unrelenting week to talk all things Nets Nation. Simon, uh, how the heck are you? I'm good. I'm ready to give it my all. Uh, it we it really doesn't feel there. like that. We had a tough first quarter. I'm, I'm buried. I'm, I'm, you know, down 12 already, but I'm, I'm ready to get it all back here. Well, did you see the uh, Lakers went down 20 to 2 to the Grizzlies last night in the first quarter? Uh oh. Did they win? Yeah, they won. Oh. That seems to be their MO all season. They, um,. Are almost inevitably always behind by the fourth quarter and then deep into the fourth quarter even and then somehow win almost every single game. Mm. So, you know, at least we're not riding that roller coaster. Yeah, that would suck to have an infinitely better record. (laughs) With a team that is a proven championship quality. Right, that plays defense, something that, uh, I don't know if you've heard this before, William, but it wins championships. It does. Um, but you know what? This is going to be this is gonna be a positive, uplifting, fun, 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 fun podcast. Simon, <laughs> there are a million Nets podcasts out there, by which I mean maybe five or six total. <laughs> That's and, a generous um, <laughs> at most, estimate. At most. <laughs> In spite of having the three three enormous superstars, there is still a relatively tiny, tiny fan base for this team. But the point is, on those other podcasts, you can get your facts, your figures, your hand-wringing about whether KD's coming back, whether he's not coming back, whether Kyrie's pissed off at Harden, blah, 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 blah. But right here... You can get a little bit of that, of course, because we are a Nets podcast. But, Simon, I think I think we can both agree. What you're going to get here is a little thing we like to call fun. Yes, that's right. We specialize in fun. We specialize in fun. So let me quickly let you know what we're going to get to after we have a, have a little bit of much-vaunted fun. Uh, <laughs> oh, we're front-loading the fun. We're front-loading the fun this week, yes. I, okay. I hadn't told you, Simon. Uh, I'm going to let you and the listeners know simultaneously. We're front-loading fun this week. Um, I don't want to tell you what the fun is until I tell you what's coming after the fun. And if you want to skip straight to the hard hard-nosed, dogged reporting that you come to know and love on this show. Skip ahead approximately 18 minutes to the 21-minute mark. And that's about when we're going to start talking about a a recent James Harden interview, Mm. a Kyrie SI article, fans in Barclays. But first, Simon, before any of that, it's time to talk fruit. 
Uh-huh. That's right. <laughs> That's right, folks. Hope you're ready for your fruit. <laughs> so Simon is the czar of uh <laughs> the the czar of themes for this show. Are you That's comfortable identifying with an authoritarian Russian dictator uh in in your role uh, on this show? Uh, absolutely. I, I've been to the place where some sort of Russian entity has cobbled together a home and claimed that it is similar to the one where Rasputin was um, killed. So I think I feel I, I'm more than qualified to uh, to assume the role of a czar. <laughs> you live in your own little winter palace these days in Park <laughs> yes, Slope. Exactly. <laughs> It's cold enough to be that anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So, Simon, as the czar of, of fun and themes, what's the, th- what's the theme for this week's episode? Okay. Well, folks, you know that impeachment is in the headlines um, and in the hearts of Americans <laughs> from coast to coast. Do you think – I mean, other than, I don't know, an extraordinarily narrow segment of people in probably New York, Washington, D.C., and maybe like Seattle, uh, any <laughs> anyone's heart is actually preoccupied with the current impeachment proceedings? I I don't know. I don't talk to any of those people. So, (laughs) but anyway, I only I only know my coastal elite bubble. So, uh, no, I yeah. I mean that seems plausible. Um, it did happen more than a month ago. So you know the the insurrection. Um, um. So yes, with impeachment in the news, we thought. How about an impeach, peach-based show that is about fruit, and not just any fruit, but fruits that are compared to Nets players. We're comparing fruits to Nets for impeachment. <laughs> right. Like all things, we like to cut to the core of an issue, right? <laughs> That's right, like an apple core. Or, or a peach pit. We like to cut <laughs> to cut to the peach pit of most Get issues. Get to the pit. <laughs> so we're hitting up, uh, yeah, we're hitting up fruit talk this episode. <laughs> Simon, I have, as I text you earlier, mm-hmm. an overwhelming number of fruit I would like to compare to Nets players. <laughs> For hardcore, for people who just want hardcore Nets coverage right now, do know that in our discussion of fruit, we will get at some very real truths about Nets players. Sometimes, sometimes there are truths so profound, you need to dress them up in metaphor and and uh, symbolism in order to really properly digest them. Don't you think? Yep. Simon agrees. The czar agrees. <laughs> czar here. I agree. Uh, okay. Well, since so I'm going to go with my first one, Simon, because I know I probably have a few more than you. Um, is is Hillary unpacking and repacking some pots and pans there? What's going on? <laughs> She's moving the stepladder. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. 
cold. <laughs> She's struggling to stay warm right now. <laughs> and is she burning the stepladder for heat? Yeah, exactly. We're burning the table, the chairs, everything is in a in a heaping, flaming pile in the middle of the floor. Okay, sorry. Yeah. All right, impeachment, baby. <laughs> the topic of the day. Um, all right, my first fruit, Simon, papaya. Mm. Oh, papaya, oh, Maya. Uh, papaya, me, oh, Maya. So fun thing about papaya and me, Simon, and <laughs> I don't know if we've ever talked about this. I couldn't, with any degree of certainty, tell you what a papaya actually is. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Uh, beyond a great name. Right. I think, I think uh, you, me, and our listeners can agree on one thing about a papaya, and that's that it's a fun to say. Yes, it is. Um, I think, I think it looks and potentially tastes like a mango, but I, I don't know that with any degree of certainty. Yeah, it uh, wishes. Not, not to, uh, to spoil a future fruit I'm going to talk <laughs> oh, about. Wow, you're going tropical. Yeah, I'm going tropical. Uh, you know, it's winter. It's nice to, to imagine a setting in which these fruits are more appropriate. Mm-hmm. So anyway... Papaya. Uh, I don't really know anything about it, but it sounds fun, which to me, Simon, is very similar to recently acquired net Norvell Pell. <laughs> so Norvell Pell, fun name. Not, you know, it's got that sort of internal rhyme like papaya, uh, Norvell Pell. Um, so phonetically kind of similar, I guess, maybe you could say. Okay. Papaya, <laughs> where's the rhyme in papaya? Pa, pie, and I, and uh, pa, pa, uh, pa, and uh, at the end. Okay. We'll go. Got it. We'll say. Norvell, <laughs> Pell, L, Pell. Yeah, yeah, that one I get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is a stretch, okay? So anyway, <laughs> I don't know what a papaya is. I basically don't know what Norvell Pell is. I do know that he's a block a minute type of guy. Yeah. Uh, but basically, nothing else is known about him. Before we uh, quote unquote acquired him, I I didn't know that he existed, which is on me. You know, I'm not I'm not doing my job there. It's not a, not Norvell's fault, um, and is fun fun name to say. So papaya. Have you have you had a papaya? Could you tell our listeners more? F- oh. About a papaya from like a first hand experience yeah. of a papaya. Sort of. I I have not had a papaya in decades, but I had them when I went on a trip with my family when I was like six years old to Costa Rica. Um, And uh, they I hated them. I really hated them. I have not had papaya since then, I don't think. So I don't know if I would hate them now. Could you confidently pick a papaya out of a lineup? No, no, I don't know what they look like. Uh, are they red? Is the meat red? I don't remember. I'm sorry. Is the meat like a blood orange color? I I don't know what the is color is. Is it like a is. ruby? No. I, okay. I, I, <laughs> All right. Any... Why don't you, hey Zar? Why don't you give us your first fruit? This is fun. You're right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, We're we having... promised you fun, listeners, and you got it. <laughs> All right. The Zar's first fruit: dried apricot. God um, damn it! I've got dried. Wait, do I? No, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> so dried apricot. Dried apricot is Kevin Durant. Um, I hadn't had dried apricot in a very long time. Then I got diagnosed with elevated blood with uh, elevated cholesterol. 
I started to get back on the uh, the dried apricot train, and I love it. I, I really do like dried apricots. Um, and similarly with Kevin Durant, I really wasn't watching him very much. Um, um, Nets, Nets listeners to this podcast will know I'm not much of a big, big overall NBA watcher, um, more of a Nets guy. But to watch him is to love him. You know, very easy guy to to cheer for and enjoy. Same with Red Apricots. They 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 you know hadn't been hadn't had them in a while. Welcome back. They're a treat. Simon, we've got a serious mind meld on this. My KD is a dried fruit as well. It's dry, he's dried mango. Ah. And the same exact logic. I love. I have high cholesterol. Uh, high cholesterol. <laughs> you know, I, this is a, this is a safe space for us to be vulnerable and discuss uh, things that HIPAA tries to protect us from having to release. Right. <laughs> That's right. But anyway, Simon and I, Simon and I are both survivors of high cholesterol, <laughs> and, and uh, so I'm, I'm in on the dried fruit game as well, in a big way. My, I, I love a dried apricot. This is not to disparage a dried apricot, but my, my, my absolute favorite of the dried fruit is dried mango, and therefore it's my, it's my KD. Great. Great, great, great. So that was great. That eliminated one of my my fruits. So, uh, you want to go again? Sure, kiwi. Oh boy, oh this is interesting. Yeah, when I when I think kiwi, Simon, two words come to mind: fuzzy and fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And so when I think fuzzy and fun net, uh, nothing comes to mind. Um, okay. But when I think. <laughs> Of the word kiwi. So we're going to get more into phonetics here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when I think of the word kiwi, I kind of think, very, very kind of here, I kind <laughs> of think of Chioza. Ah, ch ch Chioza. There's some Z's in his name. Those are pretty rare letters. Uh, K is, is a it- pretty an uncommon letter. It, okay. A K and W combo is extraordinarily unique. I guess weak, but those are inverted. A K before a W. Can you think of any other word that has a K before a W? Kawasaki. Uh, yeah, that's a Japanese word, though. <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's a proper name. Right. <laughs> I can't think of any off the top of my head. It's not a proper noun, Kuwait, but that doesn't have a W, but it has a sound, though. Anyway, fun, fun, fun uh, (laughs) digression there. So kiwi for me is Chioza. Uh, Kiwi's also, (laughs) Simon, here's a more more metaphorical uh, sense. Kiwis are kind of small, and so is Chris Chioza. Okay. All right. <laughs> I feel like I, I I think you had a lot of fun talking about that with me, but I don't feel like that's your favorite one of mine. <laughs> I, I don't totally understand the connection between <laughs> Kiwi and Chios. <laughs> I'm trying to parse it, but... Koala. I... No, Koala just has the sound, too. It's K-O-A-L-A. <laughs> Kawhi Leonard. It's just proper nouns that have the right. K and the W. I don't think any noun has a K before a W in it. Rather than yeah, Kiwi. Nation, if you can think of one, 
Send it to maybe next time at gmail.com. Cowabunga? That's I already said Cowabunga. Okay. Um, I wasn't listening to you. Yeah, no kidding. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> I said it loud and proud. Um, so, okay, the czar's next one is uh, a lemon. Now, a lemon, you don't want to eat a lemon. You don't peel a lemon and then dive right into it with your mouth. Yeah. Unless you have a problem. Um, Unless you're a sicko, right? Right, exactly. Unless you want to make a funny smile look where if you smile, you have a a lemon attached to your mouth. But I thought you You did that that more with an orange. I thought you did that with an orange. You can do it either way. I mean, with a lemon, it's probably less. Who's there? Orange. Oh, God. (laughs) Please don't do this to me. I won't. Go ahead. Okay. Lemon is. Lemon is Joe Harris. Now, you put some lemon in a water. You squirt it onto your favorite dish. Um, that's going to zazz up that dish right away. And lemon in water, you're basically you've turbocharged that water. So it is great as an accoutrement. Um, but you don't want a whole team of Joe Harris's. Um, he is a great accoutrement to a team. But if you have five Joe Harris's, you know that that gets a little un, unbalanced. Yeah, and isn't it doesn't it do something to your teeth? Uh I don't know. Might bleach them or take off I the enamel? Know. I think it might take remove the enamel. Oh, too too acidic maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yowza. I know you're a guy who thinks a lot about his enamel. Oh, yes, indeed. Uh my next fruit, Simon. I don't have Joe Harris for one. I almost did, but I don't. Uh hmm. With, you know, so when you're guessing who these fruits are, you can know that Joe Harris is off the table for me. Check uh, pomegranate. Ooh, another exotic one, Mike. Yeah. For me, a pomegranate is full of hidden treasures. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's like this austere rind, but once you peel it back, it's all these little delicious nuggets. Mm. Juicy. Mm-hmm. Juicy, juicy. Oh, God. <laughs> so I guess because it's a hidden nugget of deliciousness, Simon, to me, that reminds me of Reggie Perry. Oh, my God. <laughs> because. Again, no, because, because nobody expects the 55th pick to ever play in the NBA, basically. He's yeah. like a Jalen Hands who, by the way, RIP Jalen Hands, I don't think we 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 have him on our team anymore. No, I no think he got, got traded in something or other. Yeah, we no longer have the rights <laughs> to Jalen Hands. But that's what a Reggie Perry is supposed to be, right? That's what a right. deep second rounder is going to get you. A guy who you're you're never ever going to hear from instead reggie perry was getting some run on what is supposed to be a championship contending team he's a hidden little delicious juice pellet uh <laughs> hiding behind uh, an austere rind Ooh. although that's, i actually think good. that yeah. a, a pomegranate is an is an attractive fruit Okay, but sure. I, but for the sake of this i needed to call it an austere rind but i don't mean that to any pomegranate fanatics out there i think it's a very beautiful fruit very sensual (laughs) you are really 
using some <laughs> sensual uh, language language today. Yeah, like juicy. Um, Can I give you another one? Sure. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought I had one next that I just talked about the fruit at length in my notes, but never mentioned what net it was like. But no, there is a net connected to it. So I said dried mangoes, KD. Fresh mango I also like. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I like, um, do you ever get street mango? No, I don't know what street mango is. It's basically just someone's gone to the trouble of cutting up a mango for you and you buy it in a little Ziploc bag on the on a street corner. Oh no! I mean, yeah. I mean, not during COVID. Okay, you're not. You're not. I'm not going around getting street (laughs) mangoes these days. But Mm -hmm. you know, before we lived in a global pandemic, there would be uh, oftentimes in downtown Brooklyn. You would find it. They're all over the place. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to stereotype the type of vendors I usually see vending it, but. There's they're in a plastic plastic bag usually, and someone has gone through the trouble of, of skinning the mango, which is difficult to do, uh, and cutting it up, which is hard because it's got a really big pith pithy pit thing in the middle. It's thick. Simon, mm-hmm. I can tell you're not listening. No. I... <laughs> <laughs> which does not bode well for our listeners. Right? It's got a very thick pit. So it's hard to cut up a mango. It takes a real skill and expertise. Anyway, someone does it for you on the corner, and they put it in the bag, and it's and it's you, you eat it on the street. You don't you don't wash your hands beforehand because there's not a pandemic. You just put your dirty, filthy, disease hand into a plastic bag that a stranger put food, fruit into, and you shove it into your mouth, and you just eat it. Those are simpler times. So Jesus. simple and so good. And it costs like $2. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fun. It's excellent. It's not quite as good to me as a dried mango, but it's still really good. It's James Harden. James Harden, okay. My, who's my second most uh, exciting net, I guess. Right. Sure, sure. Um, okay, so I'm going to get into the, the baddies now. Um uh, banana. Banana is an overpowering fruit. You cannot, banana does not coexist well with other fruits. If you get it in a smoothie, you could have 25 other fruits in the smoothie. You, you got there, what you got there is a banana smoothie. Um, uh, that is Kyrie Irving. Um, like this article we're going to talk, discuss in, in a bit talks about like it doesn't matter who else is on your team if Kyrie Irving is on your team you are the Kyrie Irving experience uh and um so if you've got a banana you're 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 rolling hard with a banana i actually don't really like bananas i find them gross yeah uh, um but uh even if you do like bananas i think you'd have to admit that they they are a strong presence. They're overpowering. Yeah, I have some thoughts on bananas. One, I don't generally like them. <laughs> <laughs> One, I don't generally like them on their own, uh-huh. um, though there are times. So they are right by the checkout uh, cash register of my staff cafeteria. Uh-huh. And there are some days when I feel an overpowering <laughs> need for a banana. 
Okay. Right? Because I think they have potassium or something, and it's just like there's like really strong, powerful signals in my body saying like, get this thing. <laughs> and so I get it, and I'll eat it. Sometimes I'll only eat half of it or whatever because I don't really like it. But I, you know, I used to like abhor them and not even touch them. But now I'll now I'll get down on like a, a half banana at lunch when my body's screaming out for a banana. Okay, that's my mm-hmm. first banana thought. Mm-hmm. My second banana thought. Re your thought on their overtaking smoothies. Yeah, I used to feel the same way, and when I would go to like uh, to uh, Zeus Juice. Yeah, or yeah. Jamba Juice or someplace like that, I would fastidiously avoid any uh, any juice that had banana in it for that very reason, right? Uh-huh. Couldn't do it, wouldn't do it, couldn't get the banana. But now that I've become addicted to having smoothies in our home, like I have, I have like a fruit smoothie basically every morning now. It's been going okay. on for like a month or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I throw a banana in there and with some other stuff, and it doesn't overpower it anymore. I think I've just become accustomed to it. Yeah. And you I th- like a banana smoothie. Oh, and my final banana thought, th- point three on bananas, <laughs> uh, in relation to Nets, of course, because this is a Nets podcast. Um, I think that while bananas are problematic in smoothies, and ultimately I would prefer a smoothie uh, without a banana, uh, where they're absolutely intolerable and where I will just I will just walk away from the dish if it has a banana in it. Uh, fruit salad. Fruit salad, yes. Yeah. Oh, they're absolutely horrible in fruit salad. They're so like wet and and slimy. It's disgusting. It's truly disgusting. Yes, that that is true. Here I will I will give you one exception to that is if you have just made the fruit salad like seconds ago yeah and you immediately eat the eat the um (laughs) bananas you're okay okay if that if you if you cut all the fruit up and then you're like go and you just methodically eat every single banana before you eat anything else you're fine (laughs) other than that yes get them out of fruit salad get out of here Okay, great. Thank. Those are my three thoughts on bananas. I'm going to go to my next fruit. <laughs> I only have two more fruit. Don't worry. Uh, my next fruit is a prune. Prune, okay. I've gotten super into prunes recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, they help keep you regular, Simon. Um, but here's the thing. Sometimes they can keep you too regular if you overdo yeah. it with the prunes. Sure, sure. Right? So... I think they're kind of necessary to keep things humming, but you don't want to overdo it. Similar to Nets player Jeff Green, right? Mm, yeah. So like sure, he is sure. Jeff Green is great in in properly applied dosages, right? You want like a, a twenty minutes solid, rock solid twenty minutes out of Jeff Green. <laughs> But when Jeff Green is your starting five playing 30-plus minutes a game, <laughs> all of a sudden you have too much Jeff Green. Oh, yeah. And things take a serious, serious turn. Um, just like excessive prune consumption uh, can take a pretty pretty dark turn. Perfect. Um, that is perfect. That is it. He is a great prune. Um my next one is a peach. Uh, I absolutely hate peach. What? 
I hate peach. All right, go on. A but fresh I mean, I, I strongly disagree. But oh, but god. go the, go ahead. Ugh. Oh god, it, it's what about sliced? It, sliced? You don't fresh, eat off? No, 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 no. The the I mean, certainly that's better. My god, but it's still so gross that the flesh is this stringy, mealy, disgusting. Like you eat, it and the, the juices are like ugh, they're just just bursting into your disgusting mouth. It's full of this. Hairy, gross, stringy flesh. Uh, it's awful. They're ba- they're they're also like the flavor of a peach varies more than any other fruit I've ever consumed. Like it, I have no idea what a, a quote unquote peach tastes like because like I've bitten into sour ones, I've bitten into sweet ones, I've bitten into one that have an intense flavor. I've bitten into some that that have no flavor. They're a complete. They're a complete wild card. They are DeAndre Jordan. Uh, th- maybe there is a good peach out there somewhere, just like DeAndre Jordan was good with the Clippers. Um, but th- they're so far, few and far between. They're not good. Um, and they're on another, we have them for another two years. Could you do your Georgia, Georgia lawyer? Oh, you want to come down to Savannah and fill out a few papers? We'll get this cleared up right away. <laughs> give, your, give your opinion about peaches from a, a Georgia lawyer. Oh, I hate those peaches. Everywhere in Georgia loves peaches. Not me. <laughs> I wish I didn't live in the peach state. <laughs> no, no, that's southern. You know you're going panning. God damn it. God damn it. You're so good at that. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. I'll get to my final fruit, Simon. Okay. Uh apples. Before I get into this, what's your favorite apple? Because you've got like a clear-cut favorite, right? Yes, definitely. Honey crisp. Honey crisp. Honey crisp. Okay, so that's the point. That's what I wanted to get at. You, when when someone says, hey, Simon, czar of fun on maybe <laughs> next time, which is how most of our friends refer to you, um, <laughs> what's your favorite apple? You're coming at them. You're honey crisp. Right? Like no thought, no reflection. It's just boom, bing, bang, boom, instinct. You know what it is. Yeah. For me, I can never, ever remember the name <laughs> of a red apple that I like. I know, I know some names, you know, Honeycrisp, uh, Red Delicious, uh, Macintosh, yeah. blah, 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 blah. But I can't ever remember my association with any of them, right? Like, there are obviously there are some red apples that I like more than other red apples. Um, but I just never Empire Empire is one. Uh, so, but I never remember which one is which, right? Yeah. Uh, I have a real problem remembering which type of red apple I like the most, which is very similar to me to remembering that Tyler Johnson is on this team. <laughs> Right, like he was like a, a super essential part of the Nets bubble squad. Bubble, yes, you never a, forget a few that he was ago. on the team. He, he, I, I like Tyler Johnson after we offered him the pills and uh, poison pill contract that he puked at the sight of was like was basically uh, haunted my dreams for years. Like, oh man, he would have been good. He was one of Mark's early targets. I loved Tyler Johnson, right? Like I always I was yeah. fantasized like maybe he could have been great, who knows. Miami kept him and you know, blah blah blah. Then we get him back and you know, we got a little taste last season, but this season I've never thought about Tyler Johnson less. 
Right. Um, and it's just it's just sad because he's finally ours. And now he's just become like a red apple to me. He's just in, indistinguishable from anything else. I can never remember the, the guy I like. <laughs> great. A great addition, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that was some deep cut nets fun there, folks. Yes, that was. Uh, let's get to the real um, action here. We're going to start with, before we get into the hardened stuff, a new segment, Simon, called Claxton Watch. Oh, great. So in a world in which a now relegated Reggie Perry, a now <clears throat> MIA DeAndre Jordan, and the aforementioned... Um, Jeff Green are your centers. Nick Claxton looms large as a fantastical hope for center for the Nets, right? Uh-huh. Like, hey, he had some good flashes his rookie season. Maybe once he comes off this debilitating injury, he's going to come back and be like a legitimate starting center in the NBA. Now, I admit that that's probably fantasy, but... Until he comes back and proves me proves otherwise, I'm going to just assume that that's the case. So okay. anyway, I thought we need to do a little Claxton watch, and he's been in the news lately, Simon, with Nash saying, and I quote, he's traveling with us, he's going to get in there with the, quote, stay ready group at some point and continue to evolve, I would say, not, um, not really intimating that he's going to be that starting center uh, savior that I just mentioned I hoped he would become, but still he's traveling with the team suggests maybe he's getting close. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think he'll, I, it sounds like he's maybe like, uh, early March. The problem is when does the season stop right? The, the half season stop? Cause that might come before he's ready, but uh, early March, I think. Early March, so maybe he would get a game in or two or something, you know, or you know. What are your What there. are your hopes for him? What are your dreams? Starter? I mean, I yeah, my dreams, my highest hope and dream is that he rescues us, um, and provides some shot blocking, provides some stretch fouring. You know, he's trying out there, unlike um, you know a certain uh, DeAndre Jordan Peach. Um, and that we, um, we don't have to rely on Norval Pell or Noah Vonley who, you know, great as they are, um, it probably is a reason they weren't in the league for the vast majority of the season so far. I, I'm a, I'm a Vonley optimist. Yeah. Vonley, I think, well, it sounds like he sets a good screen. <laughs> okay, and I, I'm not even kidding you. That sounds pretty good to me. That, yeah, if he that... can provide any sort of active defensive center presence, I'm going to yeah. be extremely pleased. Pell, I heard by the way, um, he was get, catching some shade from our, our buddy Steve Lichtenstein, who says that he, you know how um, Jared Allen would do this kind of too sometimes, but but it sounds like he really does it. Pell really does it. Where like it, he's all in for that block, and like if he doesn't get the block, it's a guaranteed offensive rebound for the other team, because he's completely taken himself away from the basket in like an all-out attempt, right? For for block party. Yeah, that's uh, that's a Hassan Whiteside special too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
Uh, all right, let's let's move on to the James Harden jump interview. Great, great, great. Um, what? Let's. I'll, I'll let you lead this one, Simon. I, there, there are a couple things I want to hit on, but why don't you start us off here? Sure. So this interview is with Rachel Nichols. First, that's fans should note. Um, we have a player who is being interviewed by Rachel Nichols. Um, that pretty much only happens to to stars. Um, you know, the, she, she's not interviewing your um, Norval Pels. Let's say that. Um, of the league. Uh, but anyway, so, so that's exciting in and of itself. Uh, she asked him some questions about his time in Houston, um, which, you know, obviously he's coached, he's, he, he, he knows, you know, the kinds of things to say, but I didn't hear any real contrition. And I feel like this is a time as coached as he may be, where it's easy to just kind of say, you know, well, you know, I could have done this or I could have done that. And, you know, I'm glad I'm with the Nets and, you know, I could, could have handled it a bit differently because, you know, I've been getting nonstop bad press about this. And he, he, even if he's just saying it to like, you know, get, get better PR, it's a little worrisome to me that there's no at least express contrition. Oh, we have very different takes on this. Okay. Uh, I mean, I agree that he didn't show contrition, but I actually think that that's a good thing and indicative of a a sort of different issue, um, which is that players always, like Anthony Davis, this happened to Anthony Davis. Obviously, this just happened to Harden. This happened to Jimmy Butler as well. Um, I think players tell front offices they don't want to be in a place, right? Like, let help me help move me out of this place. And only after it becomes abundantly clear to them that the front office is not listening to those requests and that they're not, that they're not going to have those wishes heard or acted upon. Do they then begin to act out in this really dramatic fashion? Like, James Harden not showing up to camp and being seen in clubs and obviously not trying, blah, 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 blah. So while all of the sort of uh, ire of fans and the media seems to be directed at these players, really, I think front offices need to be scrutinized a little more seriously here for not perhaps taking these requests more seriously and maybe trying to act on them earlier. I also think from a front office perspective, it would be in their best interest to act on them earlier because when it gets to the point that the player is doing what James Harden did or what Anthony Davis did saying like, I want to go to the, the Lakers or I want to go to the Nets. uh, That team all of a sudden has way less negotiating power. Um, in that they have to work with certain teams, right? And there's just all this media <laughs> media scrutiny, and they and then other teams will also be able to say like, okay, well they have to trade this guy, so maybe we can get it, you know, squeeze something out of the deal. Now the Nets obviously didn't do that, and Houston seemed to get everything they wanted for James Harden, but I just think that if front offices took these things more seriously when their players came to them early, uh, then one, it wouldn't become this public, dramatic, blow-up situation, and 
and two, they might actually be able to get more interesting deals that would help them more. Yeah. Yeah. And it would also I, not scare it would also not scare off teams who like, you know, Anthony Davis was able to say, I don't want to go to Boston, you know? But like if they start acting on it before Anthony Davis has come out and made the public claim you know, all these public statements, then maybe they could they could talk with Boston. Because the team doesn't have to care. They could send him anywhere, as James Harden acknowledges in that interview. He says they could have sent me anywhere and they were they were it was great that they sent me where I wanted to go. Right. I though I I wonder if like two two things on 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 that particular point I I I'm skeptical that a player of that caliber is not leaking out where they want to go um, but before even even before like these the, the the trade desires become you know like I I I just think that they want to get to a certain place rather than just away, you know? Um, and so their way of doing that is to, is to say where they're, where they're going to, where they're willing to play. And, right. and, and but like would you, but would you agree that there, there is some culpability on the front office's part for not having, you know, like the player was more, their hand was sort of forced and they, if they actually wanted to get out of there, like they've been telling the front office, they eventually had to do something more dramatic because the front office clearly wasn't taking their request seriously. And that's sort of like the one that's like, you know, a, a, a strike or something, the, the equivalent of a strike um, to get the attention of of the front office. Um, yes, I, I think that there is something to be said for the fact that James Harden is where he wants to be. Uh, uh, Anthony Davis is where he wants to be. Um, it, it, it does. Yes, I, I, I do think that there's certainly that those precedents for, for that. Uh, um, I also, I also enjoyed from, from his discussion of his time in Houston, uh, that he said, and I'm just going to read a quote here. The situation that I was, I was with in Houston consistently and every single night having to get 40 points to give ourselves a chance to win for a long extent of years is draining. And so just to be able to have the skill set of guys for whom you can be a playmaker and you can get guys involved and not have to worry about scoring every possession is a little bit relieving for me. So to me that like you're saying, you know, he didn't, he didn't say the right things for me. That is like the perfect thing to say, right? Like every, the biggest knock on James Harden's game is that he is the epitome of this sort of like ball dominant score first. Everything has to run for him, dribble the the air out of the ball guard. That's just really frustrating to watch. And he's saying, I don't like that. And I actually wanted to come to a place that didn't ask me to be the NBA scoring leader every year that actually allowed me to enact parts of my game that have had to be dormant because I've had to carry so much of a load in Houston and in Brooklyn with two great scores around me, I can actually be a facilitator again, which is something that he's clearly really good at because he's leading the NBA in assists. Yeah, he is really good at that. I, I definitely think that that is what, I mean, that's Nets PR one oh one. like that, that is exactly what they want him to say. Um, and, and how he's, how he's actually played so far. Um, so we'll see if, if that continues, but, but, um, but certainly yes, that, that portion of the interview is, is right, right on. Right. Exactly what you'd want to hear. And final thing for me anyway, that, that 
I feel like people grabbed onto uh, was the his talk about how he's confident that no other team is going to be able to beat the Nets four times in a best of seven series. Yeah. That's that's Babe Ruth style pointing to the face. <laughs> you do you like that swagger? Uh, I mean, I'm not surprised by it. Uh, I I guess it would be worrying if he were like, I don't know, we'll see. <laughs> I, I, I I you know yeah I feel like pretty... th- I feel like Kyrie might be more of of that. <laughs> <laughs> what is victory really? Yeah, exactly. If there's a um, rhinoceros somewhere that. <laughs> doesn't understand that the earth beneath it is part of itself. <laughs> do you feel like, yeah, do you feel like some of this, uh, I, I'm getting major Clippers vibes from, from this Nets team. Specifically what I mean by that, other than the fact that it's just a completely now um, to- totally uh, constructed team, like a, a completely inorganic team. Um, Joe Harris is the only player that, that, you know, was a part of any sort of like natural development, um, who's and Spencer is, is hurt. Um, do you, but where I think I see a similarity, a big worrying similarity is all, all last year I heard all the sports pundits talking about how, oh, they, you know, they really just seem to act like they can just turn it on whenever they want to. And that's weird considering that team has never won anything. Um, and I feel similarly like this Nets team, like they don't try very hard, you know, against, you know, a vast, you know, number of teams. Um, and they haven't won anything. James Harden hasn't won anything. Kyrie Irving has only won something when he was playing with the greatest player maybe ever. Um, and KD has only won something when he was on one of the, the best teams in, in, in history. So like, I don't think that there's really, they have a, like if the Lakers were dogging it or, you know, whatever that, that would be one thing. And it seems like Anthony Davis maybe is a bit right. Isn't that kind of the rumors? Yeah. Um, but like that, so that's one thing they've won a championship. Um, but this Nets team has no right, I don't think, to to behave as though like they're too good to play hard. No, I agree, and I think some of Steve Nash's comments recently haven't they been expressing some frustration about not not showing the sort of requisite competitiveness? Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, of course, you want you want you want these super teams not only to have more talent than everyone else, but to also have that sort of like Jordan-esque, I want to go, you know, put my boot on their neck every single night and prove how good we are. Um, Whereas, yeah, the Clippers last season, they seemed to play up to the competition. They'd beat really great teams. And then they'd, you know, completely collapse in other games and ended up, you know, we all know how that ended. Um so yeah, I can see I see I see notes of of last year's Clippers for sure. Um we have 3 and they only have 2. Yeah, that's true. It's a difference, but uh but no, it could be very real. 
But let's turn, Simon, to the segment. Simon sends a hand-wringing article about the fate of Kyrie. Well, that's a weird way of framing that <laughs> article. Um, anyway, you sent the SI article about Kyrie. Yes. With a bold we- subtitle, one month after Brooklyn acquired James Harden, it has become clear that the team will go as far as Irving takes it. Simon, what the hell is this article talking about? Yeah, great question. And and uh, as as part of it, um, I'd like to do my um, first uh, ever live drop, which is what <laughs> Kyrie conundrum. <laughs> Say what? Say what? <laughs> it's a Kyrie conundrum. <laughs> that, great that. drop. We Thank should just you. do live drops. Oh no! Thank you. Oh no! <laughs> Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, so I found this article really good. Um, I, I, I urge people to read it. It's a Sports Illustrated article by uh, Michael Pena. Um, but the, the part that I the, – the subhead basically tells you the, the gist. But what I found most interesting is its breakdown of the specific ways in which Kyrie is bad at defense, which I just think is so – it's interesting and it really goes along with – like, so, okay, I'll, I'll explain how that is. Like, he he shows, for example, a clip from his, um, his Cavs days when he – they're running down the court and he tells LeBron to pick up Steph Curry – and immediately after that happens and, and, and LeBron goes and does that, Kyrie also goes and covers Steph Curry, even though he just said for LeBron to go cover him. And that leaves Kevin Durant to go when he was on the Warriors to um, just drive to the basket. Then there's another one where Goran Dragic like, gets, the, um, get, gets the inbound and – Kyrie just never picks him up, even though he's the point guard. He just never picks him up, and it's not on a fast break. He just decides not to cover him. And then, sorry, last one that I truly find (laughs) incredible is Kyrie directing people while his man has the ball and is driving. Like he is, he turns his back on the person he's guarding who has the ball to tell people like, he's like pointing at everyone, like, get over here, do this, watch this switch. And like, meanwhile, the person with the ball is driving at the basket. Um, it, it's just, it's incredible. And it really fits with like everything about Kyrie, which is like, yes, he has these superstar tendencies that are annoying, but they're very common. Like, Oh, he's arrogant. Oh, he, um, you know, is sometimes disparaging of his, his teammates. He's like tough to get along with That's garden variety, superstar stuff. But then he takes it up a notch and is like, Oh, well I'm going to take two two weeks off for no apparent reason. Right. It's the J- James Harden was like going to the strip club, trying to force a trade. Like that has purpose. That has a clear intent. That's normal superstar behavior. Kyrie taking two weeks off for whatever is totally Kyrie. Similarly, like tons of superstars bad at defense. That is extremely common. The ways in which he's bad at defense are really bizarre. Yeah, and and he, I remember in the Celtics in his final stint with the Celtics. Uh, yeah. In that series against the Bucks, where like in the final game where they of course got demolished, he 
demanded to guard Giannis. Yes, in yes, spite that's, of being yeah. far and away the worst defender on the team. Right, and really undersized for that. Yeah. <laughs> even even if he were good at defense, yeah. No, it's 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 a really bizarre brand of bad at defense. Yeah, my note on the article was really good score ranks 429th in defensive real plus minus. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. no. Oh no. Oh no 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 no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, great article though. I think SI is starting to bring over some heavy hitters. I think SI is going to make a, a bit of an NBA relevancy comeback here. Oh, great! Yeah, uh, I know that they brought over um, uh, Howard Beck and mm-hmm. also Chris. Uh, I forget his last name, but he's he used to write for Five Thirty Eight. He's on the uh, low. Low post podcast quite often. Oh yeah, yeah. Chris yeah. Haynes? Herring? Herring? Chris Herring. Chris Herring, yeah. Chris Haynes is a different yeah. guy. Um so anyway, I think that they are beefing up their NBA writers, talkers, etc. over there at SI. Um speaking of beefing up, Simon, Barclay Sinner is beefing up the number of fans they're gonna allow into games. Uh oh. Wow, wow, wow. Uh so are you up and up or down on Barclays about to let fans back in at the, uh, I guess, recently passed legislation, not legislation, um, edict by, edict, by, exactly. by, by King Cuomo, Andrew. <laughs> by Czar Cuomo. <laughs> yeah. Um, I look, my heart would like almost nothing more than to go to a Nets game, uh, really and truly. Um, I think that this is a bad idea from everything I know about COVID, which I'm not a you know epidemiologist, but I you know I think it's a worrisome idea um, from a head standpoint, but from a heart standpoint, you know, I, my you know I'm. Think it would be great to see a game. Our players are pretty excited about it. Sounds like. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, Joe Harris I'm had sure a quote it's... about how he's he said um, the game is just not the same without fans. Anytime you can have even a little bit, it changes a lot. The first time we played against fans in Memphis and then Cleveland, those games just feel different than the empty arenas where you sort of have this artificial energy. Right. So not not surprising, um, but yeah. Uh, another perspective. I mean, there are so many different ways to look at it. Obviously, from a public health perspective, yeah, we should all be, you know, um, trapped in our homes for the rest of time. But, uh, um, but yeah, from a player's perspective, obviously, from a revenue generating perspective, <laughs> uh, you know, there's obviously cases to be made for it. They're going to ask for people, you know, they're going to try to do it in a quote unquote safe way. But again, like everything else, uh, nothing is safe. Uh, nothing is completely safe. Um, and having tested negative in the last 72 hours certainly is not going to um Prevent potential spread, though it sounds like they're going to start with an extremely low number. 10% was what the edict allowed, which would be about 1,800 fans in Barclays. But it sounds like Barclays, according to Pooch anyway, Puccio, Andrew, uh, 
what's his name? Andrew Puccio? Anthony. Anthony, Anthony. Puccio. Uh, said they're they're talking more on the along the lines of two hundred per game to start. Mm. Which if you're spreading two hundred people out in the in the stadium, it's is a pretty low risk uh, thing. But obviously none of this is is no risk. Um, the place I work, a giant museum, allows up to 25% capacity, and from what they claim, there are no studies that show that it is has been a source of, of spread or anything like that. So, Great. Um, yeah, who knows. Uh, final thing that has been getting a little bit of buzz, uh, John Collins. Yes. Uh, I imagine you'd be all in on John Collins, right? Oh, yeah, in a big way. Uh, I don't care who you have to trade. So the idea that I, that was floated in, in Nets Daily was that it would be a Dinwiddie and either Perry or Claxton for John Collins, which seems like the <laughs> Hawks would would want a little bit more than that. Yeah, that is a classic. That is a classic Nets Daily fix-up. Yeah. Uh, but the the surprising thing I read in that article was that apparently he's not bad at defense. Yeah, at least this year his defensive real plus minus is incredible. Yeah, um, and last year he was at least a, a positive on on defense. Right. So that I mean that was my first when I first saw the name. It's like I love the guy. You know, I know he's an offensive giant in the making, but I I've heard he doesn't play defense. But apparently that's just uh, a myth perpetuated by MSM. Right, Simon. Yes. Yeah, he and he and, uh, he and Capella are ranked second in defensive rating in the Eastern Conference among two man lineups that have played at least three hundred fifty minutes. Pretty um, good. Yeah, yeah, that is good. And I, yes, I would. What I would love is a is a Kyrie for Collins switch. Where I am not saying that the the Hawks would want Kyrie, but maybe in our wildest dreams, you could find someone. Another a third team who would want Kyrie, who could then give the Hawks what they want. Huh. Yeah. Um, but you know, even a, if you if you could get like a Joe Harris or something, I would I would trade Joe Harris for for Collins. I mean, the thing is, Collins has a really cheap contract right now. Yeah, this year, but, right? You right. have to, but because yeah. it's like four million, so right. it, it gets tricky. But yeah, the thing is, you'd have to yeah. extend him. You would get his bird rights, though, so it wouldn't count against the the uh, salary cap. But it would cause uh, poor Joe Sy to have to pay a luxury tax. <laughs> oh no! But not if he's sending. Right. But oh, not no. and especially, not if he's sending out a max contract like Kyrie. Yeah, well, when we ex- when we give four more years to KD and and Harden for like fifty million a year, <laughs> he's going to be paying. If we're lucky, if we're lucky, yes, if we're lucky, if it hasn't totally imploded. All right, we're playing the the Warriors tonight. It'll probably be over that game by the time you're listening to this podcast. Simon, your prediction on that game? Uh, Nets lost. Oh, that's a W, man. We got it. <laughs> For sure. KD is motivated as hell to win that game. The The Warriors, as, as transcendent as, Seth, as Steph Curry is, I think when those guys know how much KD wants to win this game and how important it is for him to win his first game back in that stadium, I just think that we have so much more 
at least top end talent and back in, they have no depth either. Um, plus all of their centers are injured. So Kevon Looney, who is pretty good for them, James Wiseman are both out. So they have no centers. We have no centers. Um, so they're not going to hurt us in our biggest weakness. Um, I think we, I think we got that one. And then we play Kings and Suns back to back, I think Tuesday, Wednesday, or maybe Monday, Tuesday. Um, and then the Lakers and Clippers next week. And both of those are going to be on, um, national TV as is the Suns game. So we're going to have a lot of nets action. Those are good teams. Suns, Lakers, Clippers, Kings are, are, are playing a little better lately, but not a, not a great team. They're no um, Pistons. They're no Pistons. They're no Cleveland Cavaliers. <laughs> they're no Washington Wizards. They're no Charlotte Hornets. They're no Atlanta Hawks. Are are we William? Are we still fifty percent of the of the Wizards wins? <laughs> no, I think they're up to five. <laughs> oh, they're streaking. They're streaking. Holy uh, shit, now they have six wins. Oh, oh my god, six wow. and seventeen. We're only a third of their wins. Yeah, yeah. Uh well, that's why teams should literally give up uh, every single thing they have in order to get Bradley Beal on their team. He will transform you <laughs> into a six win behemoth. <laughs> they got the Nets number. <laughs> uh anyway, I'm I Cannot wait for the the Lakers Clippers games. I think those are going to be real tests for this team. I think they're going to be up for it. You know, those are the teams that 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 these guys get up for. So no excuses, right? We'll see. We'll see what what they got. That's right, baby. I mean, if we win those games by the next time, by the next time we're recording, we're coming back on here, and Nets are going to be at the very top of power rankings. Yeah, if that happens, yes. I am skeptical, but yes. Come on. Ride this wave (laughs) of optimism, baby. Come with me, Zara. Come with me. Fruits. Fruits. So, Simon, (laughs) if people want to hit us up with fruit analogies to nets, uh, where might they do that? Send them to maybe next time at gmail.com or at maybe next time on Instagram and Twitter, and please review us with five stars. You know you love the fruit segment. If you're still listening after the fruit segment, you really like that fruit segment. Oh, yeah. Um, so please send us uh, – please write us five-star reviews um, We wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. No, seriously, hit us up. What's your favorite fruit? Do you like kiwi? Does it remind you of Chris Chioza? Can you think of words that have a K and a W in them in that order? Yeah, the K, yeah, KW challenge, Nets Nation. Get get on it, please. And Kawabunga doesn't count. Simon already said it. Yeah. All right, we'll go ahead and uh, see ya next time. I was tired of my lady. We'd been together too long. Like a worn-out recording. Of a favorite song So while she lay there sleeping I read the paper in bed And in the personal columns There was this letter I read